Day by day, the island bloomed. My garden climbed the walls of my house, breathed its scent through my windows. I left the shutters open by then. I did what I liked. If you had asked me, I would have said I was happy. Quick note before we dive into this episode that this one was recorded initially for a different episode theme, which is about uh, myth retellings. Yeah, and then we just decided to change it up and make it more random and feel more like us. Yeah, but we felt that this one really fit into our Bolters season, so we uh, wanted to include it. Yeah, so we're just going to talk a little bit about how Cersei is a Bolter. It really is heinous of you, Bolter. Mm-hmm. Um, we cover a lot of the things we would have covered in this in, in our feminism section in this season's theme. Um, so we're not going to go into a ton of it right now, but just to say that Cersei is not a bolter in the same sense as our other bolters at the very beginning because she is exiled. She's exiled. She's kind of um, a slow bolt mm-hmm. because really... Do we need to hit spoilers? Is that a spoiler? She's going to slowly <laughs> move away. <laughs> oh, maybe. Sure, I don't know. Uh, what spoilers? Okay, spoilers. Um, really, her, her bolt, one might say, is when she gives the drink to Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when her bolt begins. That is when her bolt begins, because yeah. she sort of takes that step away from the rest of the immortals, the rest of her family. And she feels compassion. She feels empathy. She feels curiosity for his situation. Mm-hmm. And while she's not expressly told not to do it, she's well aware that she should not. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she does anyway. And she speaks to him. And she knows, it's like a secret that she keeps mm-hmm. for a long time, that she, were she to tell anybody, she would be killed. Right. Yeah. So yeah, when she is, um, we talk about this later on in the episode that it's only when she is, uh, um, gets away from Mm -hmm. everybody else that she really starts to come into her own. Mm -hmm. Um, which is why we thought this book fit really well in our season. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to add in a little. Yeah. And then when she gets to the island and she slowly discovers herself, like, I mean, she bolts from godhood. She does bolt from godhood. Yeah. Not a lot of people can say that. No, I feel like she might be the only one. She's one of a kind. She is. She forges her own path, and thus she is a bolter. Indeed. Yeah. All right, and now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome to Story Girls, a fortnightly podcast about books with a dash of absurdity. I'm Alicia. And I'm Lindsay. And welcome to our second episode. Oh, I guess. Is this our... It might be. It might be. Welcome to a epis- an, an, episode an episode of our third season. Yes. Uh, and today we are focusing on the book Circe by Madeline Miller. Madeline? Madeline? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're mostly going to be talking about the characters, so it's okay. And we're going to say all their names wrong, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a lot of Greek names with a lot of vowels. A lot of vowels. Yeah. We're going to do our best. Um, are you not going to do your best? Well, anyone who's heard me is going to be like, her best is not very good. <laughs> well, But I think it's because, I maybe I talked about this a little bit, but if I decide what it sounds like in my head, yes. it's very hard for me to change my mind. Right. That's why you read the entire Game of Thrones series thinking that Tyrion's name was Tyrone. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just misread it. I was like, Tyrone. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> well, anyway, I'm gonna let's do a little bit about Madeline Miller. Yeah. Um, she grew up in New York City in Philadelphia. She has a BA and an MA in classics. Oh. So she's very obviously very well versed in Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's both of her novels are focus on that. Her first book was The Song of Achilles, um, which we both read prior to Circe coming out. Randomly enough, she was not on my radar at all. And The Song of Achilles was gifted to me as a birthday present from my husband, who just had like researched books he thought I might like and picked it out. It was a good call. It was a good call. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. And then, so I, when this came out, I was all over it as well. Yeah. And this one, I feel like got a lot more, obviously on my cover, it says a number one New York Times bestseller. Mm -hmm. This one got a lot more press. There was a certain goop uh, post that I was like, was there? Oh, wait. GP. <laughs> the goopster herself. <laughs> the goopiest of them all. Yeah. <laughs> Dripping with it. <laughs> so she she promoted, did she? She promoted. And it's funny because this, so I just finished reading it for the third time mm-hmm. this morning, mm. 10 minutes before I drove here. So you better not forget anything. I can't forget no anything. Excuse. But I freaking love this book so hard. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. It speaks to me. It speaks to you. It speaks to me. And I was like, and I think I was resisting that label because it was such a popular mm. book that mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to be one of the masses. But there's also like, reasons that some things become popular and it's because they're good and setting aside goop for a moment yeah um it's not like it was a reese book club pick no (laughs) (laughs) they're really slaying the celebrities today and people should know that i love celebrities (laughs) you do um so this really it's really diverted from talking about my But honestly, like, I don't think there's a ton, um, you know, in this season, as we've mentioned before, for the first time, we're talking about authors who are still alive. Yes. So it's not like we can go through a whole life history of somebody and their legacy. Um, Hopefully she has many more books in her. Yes. Yeah. I feel like she's only improving. Yes. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's a bit about Madeline Miller. Mm -hmm. Does your book have a blurb on the back? It does. I'll do it. Do it. All right. In the house of Helios, god of the sun and mightiest of the titans, a daughter is born. But Circe is a strange child, not powerful like her father, nor viciously alluring like her mother. Turning to the world of mortals for companionship, she discovers that she does possess power, the power of witchcraft, which can transform rivals into monsters and menace the gods themselves. Threatened, Zeus banishes Circe to a deserted island where she hones her occult craft and crosses paths with many of the most famous figures in all of mythology, including the Minotaur. Ooh, I don't know how to say his name. Daedalus? Daedalus. Daedalus. Ooh, Daedalus. Mm -hmm. And his doomed son, Icarus, the murderous Medea, and of course, wily Odysseus. (laughs) Wily Odysseus. But there is danger, too, for a woman who stands alone, and Circe unwittingly draws the wrath of both men and gods, ultimately finding herself pitted against one of the most terrifying and vengeful of the Olympians. To protect what she holds dear, Circe must summon her strength and choose once and for all, whether she belongs with the gods she is born from or the mortals she has come to love. Wow. Yeah. It's like you don't even need to read the book anymore. 
You do, though. That was, <laughs> that was like, very comprehensive. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, okay, I'm going to hit the spoiler alert. Well, yeah. We will be telling you all about every aspect of this book. So if you haven't read it and you don't want things spoiled, go out, pause this and go out and read it. Um, it is based on mythology, so in many ways... Maybe it's already spoilery. Maybe the spoilers aren't as shocking because so much of this is already, you know, established myth that people might already know. Mm -hmm. Um, As this quote from the Washington Post says, we know how everything here turns out. We've known it for thousands of years. And yet the story feels harrowing and unexpected. Indeed. (laughs) So yes, but I um, want to take issue with one thing on your blurb. Oh, yeah. Turning rivals into monsters? Yeah. Oh. Transform rivals. Scylla. Scylla. Oh. Scylla. Scylla. I thought they were referring to the pigs, and I was like, are rapists really rivals? (laughs) (laughs) I know. No, no. But they're talking about Scylla. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot to say about her. All right. Well, let's get into it. Okay. What? Magic moment, favorite parts. Well, let's just dive right in. Oh, goodness. Do you have? You, oh you probably God, have, I have a million. So many. Okay, well, in a general aspect, mm-hmm. the island, like the island. so much of like her just descriptions of like walking, whether she's mm-hmm. happy, whether she's sad, mm-hmm. whether, and this is being made into a series for HBO Max. And I can really see that episode in which she like, because it happens in here, the episode of like her kind of learning, like digging into the island, mm-hmm. tra- finding all the things, learning how to do the yeah. witchcraft. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I also love when she goes and has her little affair with Daedalus. Daedalus. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. So wonderful. Seriously. That's, yeah, that's one of my favorites too. Yeah. The, the, that romance. That romance is, like, is. It's the best one in the whole novel. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, like I like at the end mm-hmm. when there's kind of like this teasing of like her and Telemachus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he kind of just like owns it all yeah I'm like yeah oh it's so sweet and Mm -hmm. so nice and yeah and I love the ending yeah I love the ending the ending's great yeah I love the because it's massive spoilers but I love because I hate sometimes when books end and you're like but what happens like I care (laughs) about you (laughs) I like I want to know and so she forecasts this whole future Mm -hmm. that like even though you don't know if it happens you can picture it because she's got the gift of prophecy yeah so like it really feels like that does happen and Mm -hmm. I'm so happy for her yeah and it's so beautiful and I also really, um, for me, the magic moment, it's not magical, but when um, Teledonis, I guess? Telegonis? Telegonis. (laughs) Teledonis. Just tell us somebody. Uh, Telegonis is a baby. Mm -hmm. 
That's that's a pretty harrowing. <laughs> As well, because I have a five month old, and yes, I, she's making some cameo she's noises. Making some cameo noises, but my four year old, like I think I first read this book when she was maybe two. Mm-hmm. So for me, with young children, like mm-hmm. there is a lot like I connected to there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I actually don't know. Does Madeline Miller have children? I don't know, I but don't know either. I mean, she's. It definitely reads as though she does. <laughs> it definitely reads as though she does. I, yeah, like, because it is, you know, the growing up of her son mm-hmm. and like, you know, the like her realizing that like he's eventually going to die right. and like she'll still be alone on the island where she's yeah. like, that's it. I've lived on this sucker for hundreds of years. Like yep. I'm kind of done. Yeah. And like there's more owning of that than her kind of more secret desire for Telemachus. Mm. And so like I... I mean, it's true. I just, I know that there can be sometimes the tendency to fall onto the trope of like, well, you only had children, like, mm. you know, like your purpose, like your, right, you right. know, like she was never going to leave until she had a kid and was like, oh, but my child. Right. Like, yeah. You know, so yeah. I like, actually hadn't thought of that, but yeah. Yeah. That would be my only thing. But for some women, it, so many women, it rings true. And if that, if you do, if your path is to be a mother and that happens for you like it does change you (laughs) well of course and I do think that there's a lot that is already established about the grief of immortality Mm. right like it's not it's not like having Telegonus is her first experience like she has grieved for so many people already yeah um, because she does tend to fall for mortals. Yeah. And, and it also yeah. sets up that she actually does like she she has a bit of mothering in her mm-hmm. because two of the people that she grieves for the most are Icarus mm-hmm. and Ariadne. Yeah. 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 And both who she meets as children mm-hmm. and really like kind of like really likes them and connects to them and yeah. is like she's so rarely around human children and yeah. she likes them. Yeah. And even though he's not human, her little brother who she like yes, volunteered to take care of when the time was, he was born. She was just like, I'll take him and like yeah. raised him basically. He turned out to be an ass. But <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it seems like by the end he has no affection for her, but it seems mm-hmm. like for a while he does have a, a bit of affection for her. Yeah. It's actually, she was kind of taken aback when he turned out to be so cold hearted. And so was I, because I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I thought they had this connection, but it, it turned out that it was... Not what either of us. Cersei <laughs> and I were so surprised. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You just like he. He's such a dick. He is such a dick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. One of the oh, island yeah. whole thing was one of my favorite parts too. Just the description had the description of her house that mm. it cleans itself. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. That's what you want. And there's parts where she does her dishes, and I'm like, but why? But why? But I why? Know. Or she sweeps this after the terrible time. Mm. She like sweeps the spit off. And I'm like, so like, how does it work? Like, do you (laughs) just wake up with the house clean in the morning? Or like, if you walk outside and you walk back in, it's clean. Like, it doesn't really get into that. Doesn't get into that. But there's still like the value in cleaning up or throwing Mm -hmm. yourself into things. Yeah, her house. Her house sounds wonderful. Her house sounds so good. And at the end, when she was just like, oh, like, we're going to leave, I was like, no, we'll leave the island. But then she said that they are going to go back for when the kids are small. Yeah, they raise the kids on the island and then they visit often after. Mm -hmm. And like, even after they go and deal with 
Scylla. Mm-hmm. They um, go back and she's like the smells of it. It's like home. Yeah. And yeah. I, I love, yeah, I love mm-hmm. that she doesn't totally leave, that she does yeah. return. Because I do hate that like in stories when people find like magical places mm-hmm. or like new worlds and they're like, oh, but I got to go home. I know. And I'm like... But why? But why? It's so good there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the island. I also liked the Daedalus part. Um, and just because that was also one of the first instances of uh, of anybody like treating her with respect and kindness. Mm, mm-hmm. Like literally nobody. And seeing and really seeing her value. Mm-hmm. Like really seeing her um her integrity. Yeah. 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 And also like really appreciating like he's like a famous amongst mortals mm-hmm. like man who can mm-hmm. like craft and create anything like that. And he yeah. sees her and yeah. it's like, yeah, you're something special. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think those are, those are clearly the best parts. We both picked them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Ooh, Maiden Mother Crone. What is feminist about this retelling? Oh, so much is feminist. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about what this is like jumping off from, right? Which Mm. is the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Right. Which was an epic written by Homer, who was a dude. (laughs) (laughs) He was a bro. He was a bro. (laughs) One of those Greek bros. One of those Greek bros back in the days of yore. Um so the Odyssey was the follow-up to the Iliad, which mm-hmm. is the story of the Trojan War, which may or may not have happened. Mm-hmm. Probably not. <laughs> not with the not with the involvement, direct involvement of, of the gods, yeah. or for ten years potentially. Right, it's a very long war. Right. Well, they do sometimes. They do. The BBC said it wouldn't have been as long. <laughs> <laughs> well, the BBC said they, they, the BBC. they know their stuff. They know their stuff. Um, yeah. So the Iliad was the story of the war, and mm-hmm. then the Odyssey came after that, which was the story of Odysseus trying to get home from mm-hmm. the war. He had quite a time. Yes. <laughs> Took him many, many, many years. Yes. And for one of the years, he spent on the island of. Aiea? Aiea. We're going to call it Aiea. Aiea. With Circe. Mm-hmm. Um, so Circe is sort of like a minor character in the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So this book is sort of like uh, recasting that part of the Odyssey and also filling out the rest of Circe's life. Yeah. In the back of my book, it has a little bit of an interview with Madeline Miller. Mm-hmm. And she talks about her first introduction to Circe was through mm-hmm. the Odyssey. I mean... Um, and uh, that she was intrigued because mm-hmm. while she's been kind of cast as this like temptress witch, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like in the Odyssey, he does leave like mm-hmm. more rested with supplies. Like right. she does she give them him. thing and she is, does come across as like a self-sufficient woman living mm-hmm. on her own. And she was kind of like, tell me more about this one. Yeah. yeah. She's a really fascinating character and... So that obviously just like the fact that in the mythology, she is portrayed as sometimes a little bit evil because she turns men into pigs. Yeah. But in this book, in this retelling, she is all happy to help and assist the sailors who come to her shores until they rape her. Yeah. And that's when they get 
pigified. That's when they get pigified. And yeah. then she just becomes really good at being able to tell because she says mm-hmm. that not like she, for some reason, they start showing up in droves. Yeah. And... There are some of them that she just, they stay and she can tell that they're good, like exhausted men and it doesn't happen to them. But like she starts, it's, it follows the same pattern, Mm -hmm. like that she sees them eyeing up her stuff, the certain questions like, and you're alone. Yeah. Where's your husband? Yeah. Okay. And she Mm -hmm. can just tell. Yeah. Yeah. Now my thing. Mm-hmm. Because like she definitely like she, the first time she makes them into pigs and then she kills them all yes. and like burns their bodies down the beach. Yeah. Does she just keep doing that part too? I don't think so. Cause she doesn't have like a whole stable full of pigs. Does she eat them? No. Okay. I think she just keeps them imprisoned as pigs, which is like a horrible punishment because they still have their consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. It might go after a while though. Like they probably just would go mad. Like they so do. Like, and I think some of them like manage to escape and like they throw themselves off the cliff. Right? Yeah. To just end it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that it is also part of her like, um, I don't know. This was a tricky one because I was going to say it's part of her growth to like stop doing that. Like it's a just rage that yeah. she has against these men who will come and like eat her food and, you know, accept her hospitality and then just see her as something they can use and take what they want from. Yeah. And so, I mean, definitely on the side of Cersei turning them into pigs. <laughs> and killing them. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like a pretty gruesome process. It too. really, really does. Yeah. The cracking of the the rending of the flesh, I mm-hmm. think she talks, and their screams. Yeah. yeah, that does not sound great. No, but it's a definitely a, a different and more feminist picture than yeah. this woman's doing it for fun. Yeah, and it's interesting that the nymphs just like she's like, sometimes they watch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> well, that is another really interesting aspect of this, which Cersei is so different from all the other immortals. Yeah. She they has, all are getting quite the education staying with her. <laughs> they are. But, like, even in the beginning, she's got so much more compassion, mm-hmm. and um, the rest of them are just so egotistical and hedonistic. Mm-hmm. And she is so different from the beginning. And Maybe when we get to characters, we can get back into this. Because I would like to know why, how, why did she, why was she different? Mm. What made her like that? Well, I mean, I guess it's the same thing of like, what, why was Prometheus different? And he's the only other immortal that ever displays those kinds of qualities. It's just the two of them. It's the two of them that we know of. Like that potentially there are others who don't feel it as strongly Mm -hmm. or are suppressing it or just don't really amount to anything. Mm -hmm. Or like as is drawn, as she comments many times in this book, like have just been killed for displaying it at some point, right, like, right. yeah, I mean, yeah. an example of like, mm-hmm. or even just like a, not an example, like a, just this one is problematic, get rid of it. Kind of yeah. Thing. Or even just like an incidental, yeah. like yeah. she talks about that, like that That's her true. fear mm-hmm. that you don't even have to be a target to be a victim. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, like why is she, well, I mean, she is like the firstborn daughter of mm-hmm. like the God of the sun. And they mm-hmm. say that like the witch part probably came with her mom. Like her mom had mm-hmm. an uncanny craft. She did. Yeah. And all of the four of those children were unique in that they had the ability to do witchcraft. Yeah. And she really is to quote my therapist, <laughs> the transcendent child. <laughs> she is the transcendent child. Yeah. So the yeah. transcendent child, for those of you who are not in therapy or who are, don't have this. So um, it's often thought like if you have like a lot of problems, you don't feel like you fit in with your family. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and you're like, oh, my family's really problematic. Like yeah. you're the child trying to transcend them. So yeah, who can her, see the problems. Who can see the problems. Just, like, being a part of them. Yeah. yeah. And like she is not cruel like the rest of them though she can like with the pigs it's a bit cruel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she could just put them to sleep and then have them like they could just sleep to death like right she chooses the, the suffering the yeah. suffering but the rest like her three siblings are all very cruel mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. uh her mother is cruel and her father, and her is, father cruel. is cruel yeah. and they're all self-obsessed her mother mm-hmm. thinks only of herself and her father thinks only of his himself mm-hmm. they think of each other but like but it's all on like scales like how yeah. useful are you exactly yeah yeah and i think probably because she wasn't immediately exceptional mm-hmm. that she was like given the space to like kind of be a little bit more like an observer. Right. Yeah. And I think too that the fact that she got exiled gave her the space mm-hmm. to really like fully come into herself, which yeah. maybe other She needed that solitude did. to yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Uh, in the back of my book, it also has like a little book club prompt or no, it's in the interview with her. And she talks about how she thinks that solitude is super important. Like how Mm -hmm. Virginia Woolf talks about a room of one's own for women to really become into their own. Cause one of the reasons I love this book and one of the reasons I love this character is that her family is constantly like, she's learning things and they're like, "Ah." you didn't notice or you didn't know or you didn't know this. And I feel like that person so often, (laughs) but it's interesting because like she, you know, like it's not, it's not that she doesn't see those things. Mm -hmm. Like she doesn't think of, she just doesn't think of them. She doesn't think of the cruelty. She doesn't, um, she doesn't naturally gravitate towards that way of thinking. Yeah. Or all of the angles and everything like that. And only when necessity calls and like she learns throughout her life of experiences, (laughs) like, does she start to consider things more, but that they're constantly pointing out to her, like how silly you are. Silly, You didn't know that father was having sex with his sacred cows dummy and they're like oh. <laughs> why okay side note why? why are so many people having sex with cows in this i know book? this this book really is like cows are sexy <laughs> yeah and her sister has Douglas make like a a wooden cow that she can i guess position herself well yeah the, this of. must have been the thing is that he yeah. he's like i just thought she was gonna sit in it but like <laughs> she had to be in it in the shape like on her hands and knees yeah is i guess it wasn't which i guess makes sense because what kind of cow figure would he make that she could just like la 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 sit in here with my teacup like <laughs> and she, so she was like it, it was weird but she was like i need to have a specifically sized oh, no. hole put in yeah okay and maybe she's like if i have to pee <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. That's how women pee. 
he said he didn't know. So maybe she afterwards was like, took a little sigh. But also, like, why did the bull go for it? I don't need to know the bull's Maybe motivations. She but. could have cast some sort of alluring oh, yeah. something. But, but why? Why is the question? And how, was she, why is how it, would she know? Well, did also, she also, the white part. It's weird because it's yeah. a white bull. They're and always then, white. The sacred cows white. are white. They're white. <laughs> Do we need to revisit this in problematic things? <laughs> it is a problematic thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like that any spot on them and like they're no longer pure like yeah. any yeah, yeah any darkness like yeah. it's but still still what's with the bestiality yes yeah. yes but getting back to it as feminist oh, it's, it's so much <laughs> not necessarily the sex of cows but um, well, do, do you? <laughs> you? Do you, exactly. Well, I don't know. There's such a thing as consent. The bull is fine, but the cows with Helios, that's a different story. Especially because isn't, isn't there something else with the cows? Like, he, yeah. he also is fathering them? Yes. Yeah, so, like, that's also incest. It's bestiality incest. It's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I wanted to talk about though the how she comes to and this is again with her being different and her different way of seeing things because um, everyone's always like, well, are you gonna step up and be like a true immortal, which in their world means being like cruel and selfish and all of that kind of stuff. Or are you just going to be, like, useless and soft and, like, a wimp and ineffectual and walked all over? Like, those are your choices. And there's a part where I actually wrote down this quote where she says, I think it's after she's talking to Hermes, Mm -hmm. who is the first god to come and visit her after she's exiled to her island. Um, And And her first lover. Her first lover, yes. And then they have, like, off and on throughout the years. Yep. Um, And she says, would I be skimmed milk or a harpy, a foolish gull or a villainous monster? Those could not be the only choices. Mm. And I feel like that's a very, like, that's a very powerful thing for, because I think that that is something that women get cast into, you know, in real life too. It's like the virgin versus the slut kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like, are you going to be one or the other? It's like, well, no. That's not, those aren't the only choices. Those aren't the only choices, yeah. And I love that part where, I guess that's kind of a little bit of a magic moment for me because it, that part where she goes to visit the, tri- well, the tr- not visit, the Trigon to oh, get his yeah. tail. And she says in her head, not to him, but she's just like, I hate this world. And he's like, then child, make another. I know. And even yeah. at the end, like yeah. his words come back to her, like yeah. that she's like, okay, like, yeah. yeah. And so like, there is another path. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because she's like, these are my two choices. But when she goes to see her sister, Pacifé? Pacifé, yeah, okay. So I was gonna I was gonna go there. And <laughs> she and Pacifé right, have but... that really revealing conversation mm-hmm. in which her sister I think basically like alludes heavily to the fact that like she was like really abused by their brother. Yes. Yeah, yeah. like everything that, she's like, like, You he... don't know what I had to do to keep him happy. Yeah. More incest. And that 
And like, I remember that except for Scylla, like, Mm -hmm. um, Cersei had always noticed that Fesafe wouldn't let other women around him. Right. So was she protecting other women and like oh. taking the brunt of it for herself? And like she revealed that she'd always hated everybody. Like yeah. they wouldn't help her. Like, right. you know, um, and then she says to Cersei, like, I knew you weren't weak. Like I've always known, yeah. I've always known you're a witch and I knew you weren't weak because you were struck down like a thousand times and you came back every time like, yeah. and it didn't, didn't dent her. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was really interesting. That was really interesting. But at the same time, her sister's like, so let's be buddies and do cruel, horrible things. Yeah. Well, her sister, unfortunately, like the rest yeah. of, has really inherited the family's cruel streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she hates mortals. I think a yeah. lot of them hate the mortals. Or just feel like the mortals are just there for like playthings, like they're not important. Yeah. Yeah, especially cuz like she curses her Fesafe curses her husband mm-hmm. so he can't cheat on her. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, look at all the girls you've killed." I mean, yes, okay. He's doing it. Yeah. But she's also doing it too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, Passive is an interesting one. Um, and I did like that we got to see her in her home, like, because mm-hmm. we don't ever see the other brothers, right? Like in there. No, we in, never see never them. To, and that's fine. I don't it, need to. Yeah. I mean, the moment that she has with, how do we say his name? Uh, Aetes? 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 I don't know. Cersei names him, does she not? Yeah, thanks a lot, Cersei. <laughs> Anyways, we see him once when he comes to Aiea. After Medea. After yeah. Medea. But yeah, we never see <laughs> Perseus, who we hear just like has like a goddess in chains and is just like yeah. making an army of zombies. Yeah, because his magic is that he can raise the dead. Yeah. Yeah. And remember I texted you the, the two pages are not very far apart where one where she's like, Percy is the handsome one. And then the, like two pages later, it's like Percy was his thick neck and his puffy lips or like something. It's like, it sounded really gross. <laughs> Ew. Uh, f- so what's feminist about this book? <laughs> right. We're getting right out of it. Another thing. And another thing. I didn't look this up, but I assume I'm going to trust Madeline Miller to have put this in because it's true that the word nymph translates as bride. Yeah, that's what she says. Yeah. And then also, I thought it was like this and bride. I thought there was like two. I remember her saying that it um, translated as bride, which right there like shows you what like their worth was considered to be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, In our language, it means not just goddess, but bride. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, they were supposed to be beautiful. They were supposed to be married off to whoever. Yeah. Um, and then there's a part when she's talking to Hermes, and she's saying, like, it's right after they started sending her all the other, like, oh, yeah. nymphs for, like, punishment to them, not to her. Just like, oh, go, you exiled there for a year or whatever. So mm-hmm. she starts getting them. And, um, and Hermes says to her, um, use your imagination. They must be good for something. Um, because she's, like, complaining that they're there. And he's, he says, take them to your bed. That is absurd. I said they would run screaming. Nymphs always do, he said, but I'll tell you a secret. They are terrible at getting away. Mm. And then... Yeah, there's more than one reference to, like, nymphs getting raped a lot. Yeah. Um, she references that 
again where she's talking about um, she's describing what it's like turning men into pigs mm. and that's when she's talking about like the, you know thrashing and screaming and like this cracking of bones and the rending of flesh um, and it sa- she says brides nymphs were called but that is not really how the world saw us we were an endless feast laid out upon a table beautiful and renewing and so very bad at getting away so she like remembers that when she's being yeah 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 so anyway yeah and it sounds like she talks about how like um like her uncles were mm. constantly like feeling her up yeah and she knew at some point mm-hmm. someone was gonna pay her dad to get it on with her for sure and so I think that also ties into the whole like revenge against the sailors is probably like you know, hundreds of years of her having experienced, maybe not personally, but like as a nymph and seeing other nymphs and seeing this is not a one-time thing. This is not just like a, a, a bad guy who happens along. This is like systemic, right? This is like everywhere. It's with the gods. It's with the mortals. It's like, and she's just like, no, this yeah. is not happening. Well, especially it's not one guy. Like the leader rapes her, but yeah. they're all there the watching and they're prepared to go next, which yeah. is terrible. And... I think that literally what she does to all of them Mm -hmm. is like the working through of her trauma Mm -hmm. and she, it it doesn't really end until Odysseus comes and like, again, shows her that there's a different, like, man, not just like a nice exhausted man, like a thoughtful, caring, like intelligent man that she actually like likes. Right. Although Odysseus is an asshole too. He is, but she likes him. That's true. That's true. It makes all the difference. And she likes him even like in the end, like when yeah. he's gone and like, yeah. I mean, she doesn't value him more than her son, but, but like they like she likes the part when they tell her that like, you know, I think it's just like, I think she valued him being different. He wasn't yeah. just like a burly warrior. He, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, And he was also like, she was coming out of a real point of being cruel herself Mm -hmm. and he was right there with her. It's that, the part where she talks about, they have the conversation about like, how does she pick the sailors? And she's like, I don't care what's in their hearts. And he's like, we're in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And then later she's like, that's not me anymore. Mm -hmm. But Odysseus is the right guy for the moment. For the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he also like, he's he's just another step along her way to mortality mm-hmm. because she plays house with him and yeah. she observes in a way that she's never observed before, like the up close, like time that it takes mortals to heal. Yeah. And like how they need three meals a day and they have to do this and that. And like, yeah. And yeah. like he cuts himself and it hurts for days and days and he's like frustrated yeah. and how like she soothed him, but every night he thrashes. Yeah. 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 It's true. Um, yeah, it's like a, that year is almost like a training wheels situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she refers to it as such for her baby, but I think it was also mm-hmm. like a training wheel. Like she graduates on to his son, True. <laughs> but he's like the better part of Odysseus. Yeah, still yeah. smart, still mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. thoughtful, still different than most men, but like mm-hmm. not cruel. Yeah. 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 And not, um. I think it's interesting too, like the man that she eventually chooses is without artifice and he's mm-hmm. without manipulation. Yeah. Like he's yeah. honest. He's yeah. just a good man. And by that time yeah. she's actually able to recognize it. Yeah. And meet it with her own. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, should we talk about Scylla in this section? Oh, we should. Yeah. Yeah. So Scylla. Yeah. So Scylla was just like beautiful, popular, and she was like the head cheerleader. She was a head cheerleader. So she like laughed about Glaucus, Mm -hmm. Glaucus, Glaucus. Glaucus? I don't actually Glaucus. know. So, of course, that's the second time Cersei does magic, mm. and she transforms Scylla into quite uh, the monster. Quite the monster. I still can't even really figure out. Yeah. Is she so, like an octopus with many heads? Instead of legs. Instead of legs? I think so. Because it's, it's like m- a seven-headed... I'm picturing like okay. if the Loch Ness monster had seven necks and heads, and 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 also many legs because all those legs are like up inside the cave, like holding her up. And there's like they, yeah, and like they all burst forth from her stomach. So I'm like, are there still two tiny little human legs hanging? <laughs> <laughs> Questions no one's thought to ask until now. <laughs> like, does like she transform? You know, like, yeah. and like the heads of her. Do they look like her? I don't think so. Um, like, do they have like human features? Yeah, like, are they Skilla's head times six? I don't think so. <laughs> but you're right. I don't know for sure. <laughs> Look, you just gave me. <laughs> uh, it doesn't ever say. It doesn't address it in here. No one asks. No Because they can see her. They're not like, oh, who, is that what she looked like before? We can like, tweet at Madeline Miller. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I really liked the part where, okay, so she first does magic by turning... I was saying Glaucus. Glaucus. I don't know. We don't know. That guy into his true self. Into his true self. Which would be like a fish man. (laughs) Seriously. Okay. (laughs) She's like, well, something's happening in his chest. He's barnacles. And then he's like, I'm changed and I'm green. And I'm like, wait. Yeah. Are we really happy to be covered in barnacles and green? But it also describes him as, quote, strapped with God muscles. Well, hello. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess he was down with that. This better not awaken anything in me. And so she's like, oh, he was always like a god inside. Like, I just brought it forth. And then she's like, Scylla was always such a monster. Monster. But, but then, then it's like her, her brother. brother is like, um. He's like, I would be surprised if Scylla had like the most horrifying beast of like art time, like just inside of her. He's like, just happened not- to be her. <laughs> yeah. Like- like, did you not notice that? Ever, like they transform into what you want them to transform into, and she hadn't realized no. that. She was like, <gasps> she was like, she was just the worst person ever. She was cruel. And he's like, uh, she wasn't any crueler than like so many of the others. And it's true. Yeah. Like all she done was make fun of his like fish legs. Yeah. I was like, because when he was really happy, his feet transformed into fins that flapped happily. And I was like, wait, is he still like standing while his like <laughs> little fins are like? Flap, 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 flap. Like, I think they were gonna need to. Pump Post pictures of all these monsters because I'm sure we can find them online. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so like she was basically punished for having, you know, securing an advantageous marriage. But we know that like as a nymph, like that was basically bride. Like that was what she was taught and trained to, to do. Yeah, for sure. And what Cersei actually intended for her, what she, what she 
told herself, like, mm-hmm. was that she just wanted her to be ugly and that would have, and like her brother's like, well, that would have been a worse punishment. Like yeah. no one has use for an ugly nymph. Like yeah. there's a million beautiful ones, but like yeah. she actually becomes famous and he's like, I think you've improved her Yeah, because the gods love their monsters. She's now famous. She's famous. And yeah, like all the gods get so many more prayers and offerings now to like yeah. protect from her. But when Cersei goes and sees her like the first time and she pretends to be her brother, she's mm-hmm. pretty sure that she doesn't actually recognize her as her brother. Yeah. It's more just that she's interested by the fact that a god has come to see her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, but yeah, like her mind has also changed. Yeah. Yeah, like, like she's no longer remembers who she is, or who she was. Like, yeah, I'm and then she to just find the part where gets a taste for human flesh. Is she really? And I had heard the terms Scylla and oh, Charybdis. I can't I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's like the, the whirlpool, whirlpool. Yeah, um, as like euphemisms for like a penis and vagina. Oh. Cecilia would be the penis. I was, was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I realized that they were these mythological stories. Yeah. Also interesting because like, do whirlpools just hang out in like straits in the ocean? Like, are those real? Are whirlpools real? Well, no, whirlpools are real. <laughs> but like, are they... Are they real, real? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do we have them? Like, do we have named whirlpools? Like in the ocean? Oh, named do you know what I mean? Like, 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 like a static in this spot. Well, is that's a, what this is. It is, yeah. And like, do we actually have that? I don't know. We googled it. We googled it. It exists. It's a real thing. Yeah. And while you were googling that, I looked up the part where it describes Scylla's transformation. It says. Her skin turned gray and her neck began to stretch. From it tore five new heads, each filled with gaping teeth. So six total. So one of them seems like it was her original. Yeah. And the rest were gray with gaping teeth. So it's her face. On one one of the heads, yeah. But then the rest of them, just gray with sharp teeth. Yeah, like an eel. But they all look like her, I bet. No, I don't I, I bet they do. <laughs> well, we're going to have to find the photos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would be surprised. Okay. Let's, uh, oh, let's, let's pull a prompt. Pull a prompt. And it is Keanu Reads. You're crazy. You're fucking crazy. Keanu Reads. So, how are we going to link Keanu to this book? I mean, I think <laughs> I could definitely, in a movie adaptation, see Keanu playing um, the the Carpenter Man, Daedalus. Yeah, I could see him portraying a Daedalus. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. um, it would be a it would be a challenge for him. <laughs> Potentially. Don't you think that if he was going to be in a movie about Greek gods, he should be a Greek god? Well, I was just saying Daedalus because like Keanu at this stage in his life, I mean, he's aging like a fine wine, but he is <laughs> weathered. Indeed. Um, and he like, I think one of the appeals of like his new John Wick series and whatnot is like, he seems like to have like, I don't know, he was... It, it looks like someone's broken both of his ankles and he's healed from it because he has this kind of like broken walk oh. that he, um, yeah, 
I don't know. It's struck me in the last few movies I've seen of him. Anyway, hmm. he looks like he's lived a life and he's like, you know, aging. Right. And like, like a fine wine. Right. And I feel like Daedalus's description is also like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And God's do not age. Gods do not age. Yeah. yeah. And I would not want any like smoothing or CGI happening to Keanu. That would be an atrocity. That would be. That would be bad. Because let's celebrate all aging, but particularly good aging. <laughs> particularly <laughs> aging like a fine wine. Like a fine wine. Let's celebrate it. Congratulations to you. Great cheekbones, Keanu. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Okay. Oh, here's a good one. All right. Are there any cats in this book? Well, there are some big ass cats. Yes, just one. No, oh, she's no, like cubs a, and stuff. Yeah, she's there's got a whole like bunch. a whole like there's a dynasty. But there's one main. There's lioness. one main lioness who lives yes. for like over a hundred years. And they're like best friends, bestie besties, and they sleep in bed together and cuddle and cuddle. The part where the lioness dies, I like bald. Oh. It's, yeah, I can't. I like it. that she like burns her on a pyre. Yeah, yeah, pyre of fire. Pyre of fire. Yeah, and as yeah. you pointed out, when she's like <laughs> starting to feel feelings for Telemachus, she's like, he reminds me of no one more than my lioness. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love picking out a man because he reminds you of your cat. Yeah, that's a good way to go. I don't know though. So many cats are assholes. <laughs> yeah, but that's you know they have sweet qualities too it's true yeah that's it's why true. we keep feeding them and letting them poop in our houses <laughs> <laughs> that's it it goes for both yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no i do love that that she basically is like i can do whatever i want when she realizes that the first thing she does is like summon a lion companion <laughs> yeah especially like where from like from the island there were just lions and wolves i How guess big is this island i don't no, I don't think it's huge. It's got to be huge enough to have like some serious predators going on here. A yeah. wild boar. Mm, like, that's true. Yeah. Maybe it is huge. It would be better for her if it was. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think with the lion was one of another example of her like feeling the grief of being immortal, right? Mm. Because that was her companion for so long, mm-hmm. and then she was like, "Oh my gosh, my lion has white fur now around yeah. her mouth and like face." And then one morning, she just didn't get up out of bed. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that is. Although Cersei is immortal, and we are not. We also suffer from having longer lifespans than our pet. Yes. And it is hard. It is very hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it so is very hard. Definitely felt her grief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to the book. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, finally. <laughs> finally, it's true. Ooh, food in the book. Well, I mean, not only does her house not cl- just clean itself all the time mm-hmm. her pantry is always stocked with fresh cheese fresh <laughs> cheese it's ama- and olives mm, yeah mm, mm, and mm. you know grain and yeah she yeah and she doesn't even really need to eat does she no they just eat because it's one of life's great pleasures yeah which i agree with uh-huh. yeah. i need to eat but i also like mm-hmm. i tell my four-year-old all the time one of life's great pleasures. She does not agree. No. <laughs> I've seen her try to choke down a piece of broccoli. It's painful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chewing optional. Oh. <laughs> it's 
Swallowing broccoli whole is one of life's great pleasures. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's... So yeah, wine, lots of wine. Yeah, Yeah, like, can they get drunk? Probably not. Maybe it's like the tiniest of buzz. Maybe. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. That would be nice. I would like that. I don't think they can get hung over. No, they definitely cannot get hung over. Yeah. They don't know what pain is. They don't, definitely That's don't get true. headaches. That's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's a nice little aspect of her cottage. Mm-hmm. It's the fresh cheese and olives, <laughs> and oils and grains and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not a huge part of the book because yeah, immortals they don't they don't require it. But no. But it's still like it features yeah. and like she, you know, like the it's part of the hominess of it. The hominess of it, and mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Whoa there! Oh. Whoa there! Problematic things in the book. <sighs> white cows. White cows. <laughs> All the whiteness. <laughs> All the whiteness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That whole concept of white equaling purity. Yeah, and interesting because, like, they don't really get into, like, there's the mention of, like, Egypt Mm. um, and how they're building everything so much better over there. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Daedalus wants to go. Yeah, It's unclear to me, like, well, then does he just, like, fade into obscurity and die? Because it's kind of like, she's like, he just sailed off. And I'm like, so wait, (laughs) like, Icarus fell into the ocean. Daedalus was like, shit. Well, I gotta keep going. <laughs> I got these wings on now. And I'm like, also, that's how he planned to escape. Yeah, that uh, was not a good plan. It was a good plan. It worked. He got to Egypt <laughs> just because his son was a dummy and flew too close to Helios. Also, okay, this is not at all about problematic things, but I would like to clarify: Helios is the su- the son, and it talks about him like in his chariot. Mm-hmm. But definitely see that in Fantasia. But isn't that um, somebody else does that? Isn't that like well, Apollo or one of the Olympians also have the chariot that is that pulls the sun across the sky? Uh, How are they both doing it? <laughs> Do they take turns? Are they sitting side by side? They're like shotgun. But you know what? That's probably because like Helios is a titan. Right. And then all the Titans got replaced by... The Olympians. The Olympians. But in this book, that's already happened, but Helios is still... Because he, like, shifted in the war, but I think the role is still, like, in terms of, like, what people worshipped, the old god got replaced by the new gods. Okay. So they would worship Apollo, but Helios is still doing the grunt work. Probably. That makes sense. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, it just, like, that happened, like, same way that, like, people transitioned from, like, worshiping many gods mm-hmm. to, like, you know, that there was changing of gods at some point based on, yeah. like, someone coming yeah, yeah. up with a new system. Right. All right. Well, that clears that up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Getting back to problematic things. Oh, yeah. I don't think... So I think this book does a really good job of taking a bunch of the problematic things that are in classical mythology and showing how they're problematic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think this whole book is like a response to woe there. <laughs> yeah. 
The one moment that always kind of gave me pause, and I mean, she reflects on it, but the moment that she, like, gives the draught to the baby minotaur, and, mm. like, he comes shuffling out of the cage and looks up at her with, like, a very hopeful, like, trusting yeah. look, because he's a baby, yeah. and she, like, walks him into the other cage. It's yeah. just, like... Oh, the Minotaur is quite a sad. story. The Minotaur is a very sad story, especially like after with Ariadne. Like, yeah, I mean, they're like she had an unnatural love for it, and it was like because it was her brother, yeah. and just because she was beautiful, like she knew what her mother was. Her yeah. mother created him to be a monster, to be a spectacle, yeah. and gave him no love other than the celebrity that he gave to her. Yeah, and like she created him to be like locked under, like not. She didn't know what was going to happen, but she had no plan. No, she had no plan. You know, and it's just like, yeah, like, he was a baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's sad. I mean, obviously, like, in the book, it's pretty much phrased that, like, Cersei's draught is as good as it's going to get for him. And, yeah. like, he can't just be mm-hmm. left. But. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, the whole, like, feeding of people to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, nobody, like. Daedalus and Cersei don't like it, but Pasiphae yeah. and Minos don't care. Yeah, and also oddly weird how, like, Daedalus, like, keeps, like, you know, when the Minotaur is born, Pasiphae's like, it's your fault. Tell Cersei <laughs> about it. And he's like, it is my fault. And I'm like, I didn't know. And I'm like, well, of course you didn't know. Who's going to be like, oh, clearly you want to fuck the this is like a really weird thing you've done (laughs) and there is no way he could have anticipated that but he takes responsibility he does and i'm like but why i know yeah yeah it's just all part of her manipulation but yeah it seems weird that he bought into that (laughs) yeah it seems very strange that he bought into that yeah yeah but I do feel like she turns most things, yeah, like, s- sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, I mean, to a certain extent, because this is based on classical mythology, and there is all kinds of weird stuff in classical mythology, such as having sex with cows. And it's interesting that in this book, either it's really scrutinized to be like, well, this is problematic, or it's just like, well, this is just a thing that gods did. Yeah. And the sacred cows. I'm sorry, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> and everyone's just like, we just do it with cows. Like, we and, always have. <laughs> and they're like half god if he's like fathering them. Oh, I guess yeah. But how are they just cows? Like, how do they? The Minotaur he, was a half bull, and it was like half human. But he turns into a cow oh, to do it, right? But that's also interesting. Well, I can because he do that. because he can transform himself right into one specific creature, and that's what he chooses to do. Well, does he choose, or is like he's like I can transform into a bull? Like that's it. Because like because. Cersei's greatest gift is the gift of transformation. Right. Yeah. And she she only once in the whole book transforms herself. When she does kind of like a mirroring, like when she becomes Percy. Yeah. Yeah. And she uses and then she her potentially transforms herself at, at the, the end. end. But yeah, she doesn't like turn herself into a lion and have sex with a lioness. 
I don't think. It's never mentioned. No. No. But then again, where are all the cubs going? <laughs> I think there's a whole... Th- I think that there's a lioness, but, like, just, like, the wolves. Yeah. I think there's tons. Because she yeah. talks about, like, my lions are everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just lying all around. <laughs> I love it. I want a house full of lions and wolves just all lying around. Yeah, just chilling. Yeah, I think she does a really good job of turning things on on its side I mean the author so Mm -hmm. that like there's not really that super like problematic stuff in the book yeah I mean yeah like from the tales or they're scrutinized um yeah which is like why it's imperative to have a character like Cersei to be telling the story because if this story was told the lens of like one of the other immortals who was just like a selfish jerk I think that it would be very different because mm-hmm. Cersei is looking at this being like, why is this the way it is? And that's yeah. what makes it work. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Ooh, favorite character, honorable mention, plus a prompt from the character cues. All right. Well, my favorite character is Cersei. It kind of has to be. It has to be. If you don't, if 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 you're not in it for Cersei, yeah. you're not finishing this book. Yeah. And like as I said, like I connect to so much about this character and her, her slow. I mean, it takes her thousands of years, but it really mm-hmm. does. Like you can connect to it and like the lifespan mm-hmm. of just like you know, her character growth and her learning of things, but like her integrity Mm -hmm. and her, her care, even like the care that she has as a mother, because she, um, is so threatened by Telegonus, you know, leaving and like so concerned about like what's going to happen to him. Mm -hmm. But every time push comes to shove, she's like, I will grieve or he will grieve and mm-hmm. like I will choose to be the one. Yeah. Like she takes his burdens on yeah. and continually it's like, you know. Yeah. yeah. Which is what you have to do as a parent, I say, as not being a parent at all. But I think it no, is. Right? No, it's true. Like your yeah. your biggest gift your biggest challenge as a parent is like raising your children up until they don't need you. Yeah. Like and that's when you're successful. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. And like he just wants and I love how like he doesn't want to be a hero. He just wants to live in the world. He just yeah. wants to be around other people. Yeah. And she is not selfish. Like she can mm-hmm. recognize, you know, like every moment where she's really tested. Yeah. She's like, okay, like it's your choice. Yeah. Your choice. Yeah. And like I don't know, it's interesting cuz she gets sad at one point like she envies Penelope and Telemachus for being like super close because mm. they used to be and then they kind of reconnect at the end yeah and she's like oh we've never had that but mm. I kind of feel like she has a really close relationship with her son mm-hmm. she just like yeah she it is interesting because he was so difficult as a baby and a mm-hmm. toddler but then um, and then there was like the struggle of trying to like keep him happy in their seclusion. Yeah. Um, so that they feel like there was always like a little bit of tension, but at the same time, yeah, like they would have been really close. They were, they were the only two people the only there. Two people there yeah. She literally saw him and talked to him every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, but I think that's well encapsulates also like mother doubt that you're like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. You're, like the guilt of motherhood. Or yeah. Like, the or like doubt, comparing like, yourself to another mother. 
Yeah, and what yeah. she's doing, she's yeah. comparing, comparing herself to Penelope a lot. Yeah. Ooh, we didn't really talk about her and Penelope with the whole feminism. We like, didn't. no, we didn't. She had like a whole affair with Penelope's husband. Yeah, for a year, and is like, but they, they like have a real understanding. Yeah. There's not a jealousy there. There's like a real. Yeah, yeah. that's a really cool the way that relationship develops too, because she yeah. is a little bit wary at first, and she's yeah. not sure what Penelope's up to or yeah. why, and she can tell she's hiding something. Um, but then it all comes out, and it's all about Athena, and like, yeah, they really band together, kind of. Yeah, and then she kind of inherits Cersei's. Yeah, she does. She becomes the witch of Aea and yeah. like takes up the loom and takes mm-hmm. up the the witch witch making, mm-hmm. witch doing, <laughs> witchiness, the witchiness. And yeah, I really like that they're not just like cast as like mm-hmm. there is like definitely the ooh like you know mm-hmm. as, as her husband kind of thing. But yep. like there's yeah, but it's also like how Odysseus like talked about her mm-hmm. and that they almost go in knowing a lot more about how she's gonna react than she does. Yeah, like, yeah, it's true. And then also like there was Calypso, which oh, we don't yeah. really hear about in this book, only like a, an aside, but. Calypso is also a nymph who Odysseus went to her island on his way home, but she tricked him into staying for seven years. Yeah, and she wouldn't let him go until the gods made her. Yeah. So he was, like, never going to get to go. Yeah. Whereas, like, Circe was, well, she's about choice. Mm-hmm. She was about free will, which yeah. is, like, very much like a mortal thing because the gods yeah. kind of seem locked into their yeah rules, like... You have to, you know, when she kills all those men, she's like, that's it. Like, they're going to kill me. Only Zeus is allowed to murder this many people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I did also want to note about Cersei as a character, because, yeah, she's obviously, like, the favorite character. Mm -hmm. Um, That one of the really interesting aspects of her is that she has a human voice. Mm, Yes. Um, And I think that that is also a catalyst for so much of her story and why, first of all, she was kind of rejected at first because they named her Hawk for her weird crying and they always said that she had a horrible, thin voice and like none of them realized. It wasn't until Hermes told her, because he's like, I spend a lot of time around mortals, I'm the messenger, like you sound like them. And the rest of them didn't know what was off about her voice, so they just thought she was weird. And I think it was part of why she wasn't accepted as, as readily, which sets her up for her whole journey as we talked Mm -hmm. about before and then also makes mortals less afraid of her yes because the men don't realize Mm -hmm. that she's a goddess yeah yeah or if they do they're like well you're not like something about her puts them more at ease yeah because then she says that she doesn't hide it at all and they still Mm -hmm. try yeah and i think it's like that also goes back to like a very feminist point like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. she's a woman she's alone yeah yeah. Um, and I looked it up too because I was like, is that from the myth or did is that something Madeline Miller mm-hmm. added in? But no, that is part of her oh. mythology that she had a human voice. Okay. So I thought that, I think that's really. I um, think that's very cool. Yeah. And it's yeah. such a key, or Madeline Miller has made it into such a key, a key thing. thing. Yeah. That moment her. she realizes and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, great mystery of my life, like solved. Yeah. And then that part where Apollo comes and he's like, so douchey. He's like, my brother's warned me about your voice. It's best if you talk as little <laughs> as possible. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, I'll talk on my own if I want to. And he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> um, who, who's your honorable mention character? 
Water. Uh, well, I think it would have to be Daedalus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I also consider Daedalus, but I think I'm going to have mine um, Ariadne. Ooh. She's barely in it, mm-hmm. but you first see her likeness carved into mm-hmm. the prow of the ship. Yeah. And then when she sees Ariadne, she recognizes her because Daedalus is, of course, like this master craftsman. And he and Ariadne obviously have a close relationship. Yeah. And she's just like depicted as like a very um, sort of like kind hearted and like lively and graceful Mm -hmm. and like just like a, a really nice child. Mm-hmm. Um, which is bizarre considering her parents. Which is so bizarre considering her parents. And then, yeah, she has the love for the Minotaur and she's the one who gives, um, she falls in love with, it's Theseus, right? Yeah, who ends the up prince, killing him yep. And gives him what he needs to kill the Minotaur, but then is not happy. Like, she grieves. And then she weirdly just, like, Theseus is like, uh, is it Dionysius who's like, I want her. Leave her on that island for me. And he's just like, okay. Yeah. But then she falls asleep and Artemis is like, and I'm going to kill you. Like, what the heck is that? I know. It's just so senseless. And it was the kind of things that the Olympians did all the time and the Titans too. Like, I remember when mm-hmm. I first learned Greek mythology in high school being like, this is just like a ridiculous soap opera. Mm, indeed. They were just such like children, like doing all these ridiculous things but like playing with life and death um but yeah i remember thinking like these were the like gods who were definitely very flawed yeah um and selfish and shitty and um it's interesting to think about like worshiping figures like that Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah um okay let's pull a character question yeah i think it's probably a little bit part because like people attributed gods with things that happen in life and life mm. is just fricked up and fickle and yeah. be like well, this crazy thing happened clearly it's this god yeah they very much just like modeled their gods after like people and like random events like yeah, yeah. oh this Ooh. is a hard one okay oh, wait okay. match make the main character with another literary character oh my god go <laughs> <laughs> be a good so a good person for Cersei well, she's not a literary character unless you count Star Trek novelizations but I say we pair Cersei with Jean-Luc Picard he she would they would do quite well they would do quite well yeah he's truthful he's honest he's intelligent yeah. he is well studied like yeah yeah oh it's a great match it's a great match, it's a great match. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to make an image to represent this <laughs> all right Done. Um, Myth, the original versus the book. So I think we've already covered a lot of this in the... We really have. In the feminism and all the rants. Yeah. Um, So she's a minor character, fleshed out and mm -hmm. made very real, um, Mm -hmm. with quite the the feminist bent to it. And, uh, yeah. Two things I want to mention in this section, though. One is Prometheus. Oh, yeah. Because everyone knows the story of Prometheus. I didn't realize he was a titan. I thought he was a... I know. Me too. I thought he was an Olympian, but Mm -hmm. apparently he's a Titan who gave fire to the mortals because he felt sorry for them. Mm -hmm. So again, like this is the only other character we see demonstrated with like a compassion or an empathy for humans. Yeah. um, Or anyone really. 
And I really liked the part where, I mean, like it, it's quite horrible, but when they come to like give him his lashings. That is a good moment. Yeah. And their conversation. And his blood is gold. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and she has, she brings him a cup of nectar. Mm -hmm. And then years afterwards, she's like, my father would have like killed me. If he knew it's that still something that. that she mentions near the end. Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, it's treason. I'm like, but why? It's just nectar. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I guess, guess he because, was just like, supposed to have no, like, he was just being punished, I guess. Yeah. Like nobody like was allowed to like visit him, but like, I guess no, it never occurred to anybody that sh- anybody would. Yeah. yeah. And then she asks him, um, does she ask him why he did it? Yeah. Yeah. And then much, 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 much later, uh, what he says to her, she's able to use in a conversation with... What does he say to her? Well, she's like, how do mortals bear it? Right. And he's like, as best they can. Yeah. And then much, much, much later, I can't remember how it comes up again, but it's like someone asks her how she can bear something. And she's like, oh... Here's like I yeah. have the right words for this, like yeah. as best, yeah, as best we, as can. Best we can. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's Odysseus. She has a conversation with, or I don't think I don't so. Think I so feel so like either. it more be would be Telemachus or Penelope even. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that part, but I also. Um, Something about Prometheus. Oh, yeah, because also it's not until much later that she realizes that he also had the gift of prophecy, so he would have known what his fate would be when he did it, Mm -hmm. and he did it anyway. And he did it anyway, and he freely owned up to it. He didn't even try to hide it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he knew his eternity was going to be spent, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but he thought it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an interesting, like, yeah. because I don't think that is part of the myth. Like, the myth is that he did it and he got punished, but, like, I don't think his thoughts on it are ever included in Yeah, I was myth. just wondering, too, like, Cersei's a minor character. Does does she in the Odyssey actually have Odysseus's child who ends up killing him? Yes. Okay. Not in the Odyssey, but there is a, another um, epic poem, not by Homer, that was written about... Um, I think about Telegonus. Oh, so it includes him going there Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, killing him accidentally. Like, and like, yeah, her marrying Telemachus is also part in there. Yeah, like that is established. Yeah, Um, and then the other thing I want to talk about in the myth section, which we talked about a little bit yesterday um is about the part where Medea and Jason come oh yeah because Jason the Argonauts is a whole other big yes myth right Mm -hmm. and Medea and her that whole story like that's a very well-known thing so Medea is the daughter of her brother Aetes yeah and um so she and Jason go turn up and ask for what Cersei describes as like the most ancient right of our people, the right of catharsis. Mm. Um, and it's basically they're asking her to um, absolve them of whatever horrible things they've done. But the the key thing about it is she's not allowed to know what they did. She just has to say yes or no, I will or I won't. Mm-hmm. And so she agrees to do it. And so she performs this ritual for them, um, 
and then only afterwards finds out what they did, which was quite horrific, mm-hmm. and says she wouldn't have done it mm-hmm. had she known. But like that's the thing is that you can't know. I I just thought that whole part was really really fascinating and. The word catharsis, which we use today for like to mean, you know, having like an emotional breakthrough, mm-hmm. which is often like um, teary or, you know, like a meltdown of some sort, but it's mm-hmm. like a cleansing. Um, and I thought that was, yeah, I hadn't realized where the word came from. Mm. But yeah, I just, I really like that whole part. Yeah. I also really like that part for the conversation she has with Medea where she can just tell like mm-hmm. it's going to go so terribly wrong. Yeah. Like these people are not going to accept you. Yeah. Like that your marriage is not going to be happy. He's already given you side eye. Like Yeah. He's already afraid of you. Yeah. And then Medea strips her down as like what you've met for you for like half a day and you want to keep me and we're going to be bestie friends and yeah. like going to teach me everything you know. Like you can just yeah. like, but yeah. like she. She lets her go because, again, like, I think to Cersei, like, choice, like, self-direction is so important. Um, But then it goes exactly the way she predicted. And so terribly. Medea, like, kills both of her own kids. Yeah. It's like, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And goes back to her, like, yeah, like, kind of reveals the cruel streak. Mm -hmm. Well, because she even admits, like, she chopped up her brother, not in madness. Like, No, she did it very calculated because she knew her father would be slowed down because he wanted, he would have to give him a burial. She's claiming madness to make it palatable to the people. Yeah. And it's barely palatable at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, otherwise I think we we pretty much covered the differences. Right. I think I think it's you, or is it me? Ah, it's me. Is there any? Oh, <laughs> taking a turn among the cabbages. There is quite a bit. So much cabbages. A lot of cabbages. So there's cabbages with mortals. There's cabbages with gods. Mm-hmm. Cabbages with cows. <laughs> yep. So Cersei has several love affairs, first with Hermes, mm-hmm. and then with Daedalus, yep. and then with just random sailors. Yes, nice ones, nice hot ones. ones. Um, and then with Odysseus, mm-hmm. and then with Telemachus. Telemachus. Or yeah. Telemachus, I don't know. Telemachus sounds nicer. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Not, nothing really described in graphic detail. No, no. no. Um, but, you know, it's just a way to liven up the immortality. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem like it, one of life's great pleasures. Yeah. That and, and if you want to spice it up, cows. Cows, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, obviously I think we covered, too, that we think Daedalus is the... The best one. The best one. Mm-hmm. Um, but Telemachus is the one that she... She, um... Gives up immortality, not not for him, but he's the one who happens to be there at the time. <laughs> I think yeah, I definitely. Well, no, it's 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 a good distinction to make. I don't like. I feel like the book more emphasizes the fact that she's like tired of her immortality mm-hmm. um, for so many things, and and especially the fact that like her son is like yeah. growing up and into the world, and she's like, and here I am still on this freaking island. Yeah. Like I want to live. I want to go see these places. Yeah. 
And that's actually like a really, a really interesting because she has to end her Mm-hmm. Exile in order oh, to do and what that. she says to her what dad. What she says to her dad. It's Ooh. so good. It's yeah. so good. I gotta find it. Oh yeah. <clears throat> you have always been the worst of my children, he said. Be sure you didn't do not dishonor me. I have a better idea. I will do as I please, and when you count your children, leave me out. Boom! Yeah. Mic drop. So good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I love it so hard. Yeah. Because yeah. I also love that, like, while, like, she is a good parent, she has mm-hmm. let her child go, and she's yeah. like, it is your choice. Do as you do yeah. as you will. She's not like, make sure you look good on me. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's just like, go make your own choice. Like, she's the yeah. example of a good parent. Mm-hmm. And this is the example, like, this is, I feel like more people should do this with yeah. their parents. If you are a shitty parent, like, you don't always get to be, like, yeah. just, like, leave them behind. Like, yeah. dead weight. um and yeah it's and i found the part where she is like thinking what the um the trigon the trigon's word where Mm -hmm. she's realizing that she what she wants to do is to become mortal yeah she's talking about the um how they all just like they she says they are more dead than anything like talking Mm -hmm. with the immortals because they don't change they don't grow yeah nothing changes for them and she says I felt something in me then. It was like the old early days of my spells when the path would open sudden and clear before my feet. All those years I had wrestled and fought, yet there was a part of me that had stood still, just as my sister said. Then, child, make another. And yeah, so she just says it's so good. And we didn't even talk about witchcraft because I just think oh. witchcraft is like so fascinating in this because it's just so intuitive, right? Yeah, and it's, she's like, there's more the will, it's you know, the will. and then Penelope yeah. finds it. Yeah. yeah, and you just have to like experiment till you find the right combination of herbs and you find the right words to say over them. And like, there's no yeah. guidance. It's like, it's literally just, you just gotta have the will and just keep playing around with it and trying yeah i love how she's yeah like it's toil mm-hmm. toil and trouble toil like, and trouble yeah. yeah and it's like never like you can be just like you can never just like slap it together like you yeah. always have to have intention you always have yeah. to be serious about it like be yeah. real about it like i like how there's so much effort involved in yeah. it but it also just like sounds nice you know like mm-hmm in terms of, like, the practice it. Like, it almost replaces, like, the food in this book in yeah. terms of, like, her preparation. Yeah, and, like, the little rituals. The and rituals. The, and that's yeah. what her garden is mostly seeming to grow because she doesn't need food. So she's yeah. growing all the herbs and mm-hmm. but all the wild-caught things, too. And I do yeah. like that moment where she goes to um, the mountain of Dikti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I gather things there that are so rare that not even named. Yeah. Like, and like all the plants that have ever had like a God's blood fall mm-hmm. on them have special power. Yeah. 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 Where she goes yeah. back to the island of her youth mm-hmm. to collect the flowers grown from the blood of Cronus yeah. to transform herself. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. What yeah. prompt are we on? I don't know. Don't Favorite? No. <laughs> Sex? It doesn't no. matter. <laughs> Ain't that a name? Names in the book that deserve a mention. Uh, all of them? All of them, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know what always strikes me as funny is that Jason 
is one of these names. Because, like, it's the only one that has become a... We all went to elementary school with a Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's it's such a common name now. Yeah. And the rest of these are really not. Cersei is a great name. Cersei is great. And Penelope is a bit bit common. But, yeah, like, so many of them are not. I mean, no one's going around naming their kids Zeus, that's for sure. Or, like, Odysseus. Odysseus. I definitely have met more than one dog named Zeus. Oh, okay. I've never met any Zeus of any species. Oh, I just wanted to mention, too, about this book. This has got nothing to do with names or anything else. But um, I think that one of the things that really works well in the way she's written this book is the language is very formal. Is that what it is? Yeah. She writes in a really formal voice, which I feel like is really in keeping with the fact that she's not a human. Right? I've just Um, always admired the... um, I feel like these sentences are just, like, so well trimmed. There is, like, no hmm. extra fat on her writing, but yet the descriptions, but the way, like, even her put down to her dad, like, no extra words, no, no, like, adjectives. No, yeah, and no um, casualness to the language. Like, it's all very, very... Yeah, I love the writing. I love the way that this book is written. It's not written as though it's, you know, like a a human writing it. It's written in the language of of an immortal being. I feel like it has that quality to it. Even like hardly ever any contractions, right? Like I did not move. Like she's not like, oh, I just sat there. (laughs) I didn't move. Like, yeah. 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 No, I love the way that this book is written. Mm -hmm. Um, Something I have a note here too that is again like kind of random but the, I have written down the concept of humanity. Mm. Because when we talk about humanity, we talk about being like, it means like to have compassion or empathy or whatever. And the idea that like that is something um, specific to humans that the gods can't be expected to have that, right? Which I guess does make it remarkable that Circe and Prometheus have mm. that quality because it isn't something that's attributed to immortal beings. Right. It is something that is, that comes with being mortal, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Which I think, yeah, like that's, she's always felt different. And I don't know, there's like, it's kind of like a hint a little bit too, that maybe there's a little bit more that's mortal about her than her voice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because as they say, like Odysseus says about her, like he's never met a god who was more uncomfortable with their divinity. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Like she's very uncomfortable with her divinity. And yeah. (laughs) I also just want to say that while I'm like in a real creative surge in my life and like have enough projects going on, this book definitely makes you want to like be a weaver. Like (laughs) for me, I just love like, I I, I just like that. I'm like, I really want to sit down at a loom and like figure out what, like the weights and the counterweights and like you know Penelope like I just love the idea of just like you know, I have she's to got say, a big fire and she's got this loom and she's got all these herbs and garden growing like I know it does I would live on that island in a heartbeat seriously the self-cleaning house in this island where you can just spend your time doing this because you don't have to clean up and or make food because you got cheese food. and olives and you're good to go uh, it did not make me want to weave because I have a real I have a real, I hate weaving. You've tried it. I have. Oh, well, see, I haven't. I probably would hate it. Um, I will say that it did make me want to garden. Okay. 
and make like I think just make the making. Things. Like yeah. I just like that she's like Penelope's just like I'm just making myself a new outfit here. Yeah, just making myself. I really like and I love the covers. Ooh, I love the covers of these books. Yeah, but I would have also if someone had really read this book, I would have liked to have seen like a illustration of like the tapestry that she made, yeah. which was like the dark the dark stormy sea with the swimmer like going out like yeah. such a image yeah that would be a good illustration for mm-hmm. this book for sure mm-hmm. um this book could do with like a really good illustrated edition oh such a good i mean it's gonna be like if they do it right if they do it right if they do it right it'll oh be gorgeous god it'll be gorgeous yeah yeah yeah, I think this winds us up okay. for Cersei, unless there's anything... No, I just, yeah, I love this book yeah. so hard. It's very, very good. Yeah, it feels cathartic to read it. Mm, it does, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, highly recommend, obviously. <laughs> and uh, thanks to our special guest, the the baby. The slobbering baby. The slobbering baby. The mic cords. Yeah. Um, you can find oh, us right. on Instagram and we have a website, which is storygirlspodcast.com. Woohoo! So until next time. Shh.